Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Nuria Martinez-Keel. And I'm Dale Denwalt. You're listening to The Source. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the Oklahomans' most impactful stories with the reporters who wrote them. This week, we dive back into the controversy at Western Heights Public Schools, a school district in southwestern Oklahoma City. My co-host, Nuria, has covered the story for more than a year, and she's back with her latest reporting about the state's attempt to remove the current board president and the revelation that Western Heights legal fees dwarf comparably sized districts. In case our readers aren't aware of what's been going on at Western Heights, can you bring us up to date on how we got to where we are today? Well, that's a pretty long road, Dale, with a lot of uh, twists and turns. So I'll try to spare as many details as I can because it it really is a lot. Um, But I think the biggest points are you had the school district that uh, was the very last in the state of Oklahoma to reopen from uh, during COVID-19. A lot of kids there are behind. Families complained that they weren't really being served during that uh, period of school closures. Um, And you really saw this community engagement and outrage gain steam and they complained to the State Department of Education. In April 2021, uh, the State Department of Ed ultimately put Western Heights on probation. They found a litany of issues that um, seemed to originate with just this district being poorly managed um, and, you know, they're losing 37% of their employees. It really seemed to be a toxic and chaotic environment. And ultimately, the district, um, the superintendent at the time, Mannix Barnes, and the board president, Robert Everman, didn't seem to really be interested in responding to the state's demands for improvement. So the state took over the school district in July 2021. It's almost a a year ago today. The district has since put up a lot of different roadblocks to the state intervention, but uh, ultimately the state did get a court order from a judge in Oklahoma County saying, no, this district needs to comply with this. This district is a mess, is what she said. And so since then, uh, it's been this kind of slow crawl back. The superintendent, Mannix Barnes, was suspended. They have an interim superintendent in there now, but you still have board leadership that has been pretty resistant to some of the changes that the state wants to implement. Um, and I think that's where we, we are today. Well, speaking of uh, the roadblocks that you mentioned that certain members of the school district have put up uh, when the state is trying to come in and fix things or correct things, change how things are run there. This week, we learned that the State Department of Education has asked a judge to remove the president of Western Heights Board of Education. You reported that this is because the district hasn't forwarded its most recent annual audit to the state, even though it was due last month. So uh, you got a copy of the audit. What did that audit say? And do we know why the district hasn't told the State Department of Education about it? So we don't know the answer to that second question officially. Um, The board president never speaks to reporters 
has never given a comment. Um, I, I have been in touch with the board's attorney who tends to fall in line with what the direction that the board leadership wants to go. Um, but there's never been any comment from him either about what's taking so long. And the community is urging and, you know, state officials are now urging the school board to process this audit. I mean, it's a matter of routine. Every other district in the state has done this. Um, and just to explain what this is all about, this is the audit of the 2020-2021 school year. Every school district in the state goes through an annual audit, and that's just to make sure that there are proper internal controls that prevent fraud and proper accounting procedures in place. Every district goes through this, and typically a school board will receive the results of the audit, vote to to approve it and they have to file it with the state no longer than 30 days after that audit was completed. Normally this isn't an issue that comes up but Western Heights in a lot of ways is a special case. Um, you have a school board that has not even included this audit on its any of its meeting agendas. So the audit, we have obtained that, we have read it. It had 19 significant deficiencies. Some of them were material weaknesses, which is pretty serious. A lot of negative results from this audit. There's a lot to fix. And this interim superintendent says that they, they are trying to already fix those, even without the board formally approving it. But where they could get into trouble here is this audit was completed on May 31st. They had until June 30th for the board to formally file it with the State Department of Education and the Oklahoma State Auditor and Inspector's Office. If you don't do that, you risk losing state funding for your school district. And state law says that if this audit isn't filed on time, a court could remove board members. And there's been tension going on for quite a while now. There's been a lot of roadblocks from this board president uh, between the board and the state. And so I think the state is ready to move forward and see if they can get this guy removed. Now, just to, to reiterate how exactly how routine this is, is there any other school district in the state that hasn't sent its audit to the State Department of Education? No. Western Heights is the only school district in Oklahoma that has not filed its yearly audit on time. At least that's what the State Department of Ed has said. And they would know because everybody has to file their audits with that department. But again, I mean, it's just week after week where this board will not put it on the agenda. And the state has alleged, and, and they have some documentation supporting this, that Robert Everman, the board president, and Jerry Colclasier, the board's attorney, have acted to remove this agenda item from Western Heights board meeting agendas. The I've spoken with the interim superintendent. Her name is Braden Savage. She's told me that she has tried repeatedly to put this agenda item on board agendas for multiple school board meetings. The state attached some of the draft agendas with the court documents and the court filing this week, um, and it showed that original drafts of, of these board agendas were going to have the audit on it. And the board would have been able to take up the matter and vote on it as a matter of procedure and listen to what the findings were um, and, and be able to move on. And there's literally one for July 11th, uh, July 11th meeting, which would have been after the deadline, but they could have addressed it then too. And you literally saw where the board's attorney, Jerry Colclasier, crossed it out off of the agenda that was attached with court documents. Um, so the state is saying that there is an active removal 
of this from board meeting agendas and that they are blocking the rest of the board from hearing the audit results and voting on it as a matter of procedure. So not just an oversight or, you know, hey, we forgot to put it on there. It's a bit literally crossed out. So aside from trying to remove the board president, is there anything else the state can do with the board, the board members to try to get some resolution to this specific part of the issue? I think why you're seeing the court filing this week is because the State Department of Education has kind of reached the limit of its authority here, and that's why you're seeing it go to the courts. Um, and that's what state law says. It, it provides a, a provision in law that it would be a court that would have to remove board members. So that that's exactly who they're appealing to here, is asking a judge in Oklahoma County to consider removing the board president, and also to impose a $500 fine on board members who have participated in this rejection of state involvement in the school district. And that's not every single board member, but you can see just with who has voted and who has voted how and who votes in line with whom, who might be the target of those fines if they are approved. Well, let's just talk about that. Um, Even now, after a year of open hostility between these local officials and the State Department of Education, some members of the school board, obviously the president, but other members of the school board, they're still fighting against the state's takeover. Um, You you wrote that you can see it by how they vote um, when the board meets. How unified is the board in its defense of its president and the former superintendent Mannix Barnes? Yeah, so I think you're seeing board president Robert Everman leading the way um, with two fellow board members. This is a five-person board, so a three-person majority um, is is who holds sway. You have Robert Everman as the president, you have Bob Sharp and Linda Farley, who tend to vote in line with the direction that Robert Everman wants to go. Um, You used to have another board member who also voted in line with Everman, but she has since uh, is no longer holding office. You have two members who kind of make up a minority on the board who have been supportive of the state intervention. One of them has been around when she was the only board member who was kind of going against the grain there. Her name is Brianna Flatley. Um, And then you have a newly elected board member, Darren Duncan. Um, If I had to imagine, I don't think Brianna Flatley and Darren Duncan would be subject to fines because they're the ones who have been willing to speak up about what they see as going wrong here, Um, leadership that they find questionable in Robert Everman, and just the disagreeing with the direction that Everman seems to want to go, which is you know, she initially was the only board member who welcomed the state saying, yes, I think they do need to come in and sort some things out here. And the second story that you reported this week, too, uh, about Western Heights, uh, the second one uh, was about how much the school has spent on legal fees over the past year. If you look at similarly sized districts like Shawnee and El Reno, they usually spend about $10,000 a year or less for their usual legal expenses. How much money is Western Heights spent on lawyers? Over $500,000. In just one year? In just one year from July 1st, 2021 through June 2022. Half a million dollars. And um, what's what's the reasons why? How Where is this money gone? I would say the single biggest cost uh, that's driving that $500,000 bill is the lawsuit that Western Heights filed against the State Department of Ed. This is a further example of some of the resistance that the district has shown toward state involvement. Um, They sued initially to try to overturn their probation status back in April 2021. Then they added on uh, 
a piece of this case to fight the suspension of former Superintendent Mannix Barnes. Um, and then they started to use this lawsuit to fight the state takeover, saying that the State Department of Ed doesn't have the right to do this. Ultimately, they were unsuccessful in district court. Um, they've since appealed that ruling uh, to the state Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court has actually agreed to hear this appeal of whether the State Department of Ed has the right to take over a school district. Um, but this single lawsuit has racked up over $369,000 in legal fees. A lot of it has gone to a single law firm, which is Colclasier and Associates. I've mentioned him already, Jerry Colclasier. Uh, he's been the kind of acted as the district's general counsel for many, many years. Um, and this year, he's really led the effort in that lawsuit in court. Um, but then they've also contracted or retained rather to use the right uh, attorney phrase, uh, they've retained a couple of other law firms as well. Um, they've paid about $46,000 to the law firm Harris and Coffee. They retained Rubenstein and Pitts uh, for a $20,000 bill just to represent Mannix Barnes. Um, and then you kind of had this vacuum of legal counsel who was really representing the interests of the state-appointed superintendent or interim superintendent. Um, and there was a kind of a blow-up that um, where board president Robert Everman filed his own agenda for an October board meeting that replaced uh, the agenda that the interim superintendent at the time had filed. It was a really chaotic moment, just people were yelling. It was a really crazy meeting where no one seemed to know what was going on. And it was just further tension between the district and the state. Because of that, the district hired another law firm uh, that was the Center for Education Law. And they've charged, I think, about $24,000 over the past 11 months. Um, the Western Heights board has canceled that contract, or they've voted to allow that contract to end. Um, so they're no longer on the books. Um, but that was a, a law firm that was really giving legal advice to the interim superintendent. You had all these other attorneys who were really representing the interests of those who wanted to continue with this lawsuit. And I think you can imagine who those people probably were. So for this story about the lawsuit, you spoke with Sharon Teague. Uh, she's a longtime educator at Western Heights, and she's president of the school district's teachers union. What did she have to say about her district spending half a million dollars defending uh, against the, the state's takeover? She said, you know, she, she really questioned where the school board's priority was. She said, you know, we as a school district are here to educate children. We still are trying to come back from a really difficult and chaotic period in this district where we lost a lot of people um, and, and we're trying, you know, like I mentioned at the very beginning, Western Heights was the last district in the state to reopen for in-person learning during COVID. So these kids were out of school basically longer than anybody else. And so they're behind. They are trying to get to a point of stability. And she was saying that while this money is desperately needed in the schools, it's being spent on attorney's services, on this lawsuit um, that is fighting the state intervention. Um, I also spoke with interim superintendent, Braden Savage. She said that she could probably hire 10 teachers with $500,000. Um, and she said that, you know, 
they are trying to restock their personnel because they lost quite a lot of people um, over the past couple of years. And, you know, they're still lean. They still need more people. They're still seeking those people out. And, um, you know, they, she said that that's, that's an amount of money that maybe could have made a difference there. And, and you also mentioned that uh, some school programs have been cut. Um, I don't know if it's directly related to this, to this, uh, you know, lack of money that's being spent on legal fees. Is this affected the kids though, right? Yeah, I, I think um, it's hard to draw a direct line. Like you spent X amount of dollars on an attorney, so we couldn't have that money for this thing at a school. But you do see just overall trends going on at the school, which is, you know, we have after school clubs that were canceled because of lack of funding. Teachers are having to buy school supplies out of their own pocket. Um, and and one thing that, you know, as a president of a teacher's union would, she pointed out that um, surrounding school districts are paying their teachers more. Um, and so they're, they're doing more to make it an attractive place to work than Western Heights administration is. Um, and I think, again, you know, she, she was very complimentary of the interim superintendent and the efforts that the administration is going through to improve things at this district. But progress is slow, is what she told me. Um, and I don't think that she viewed this lawsuit, which is turning out to be very expensive, as something that is helping the situation. Well, Neri, the first time that we talked about Western Heights on this podcast, I, I wrapped up by saying, I'm sure we'll hear more about this as the issue evolves. And I, I think we certainly have, you know, a year on, we're still, you know, seeing stories about it. And I, again, look forward to the coverage that you provide. Thank you. To our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. This podcast is possible because of the Oklahoman subscribers. We encourage you to subscribe if you can. You can read these stories and more every day in The Oklahoman and at oklahoman.com. Check back next Friday for a new episode.